<laughs> I'm looking at a blue screen. Okay, there we go. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. <clears throat> we had our jumpy start here. The last episode didn't work. So here we are. We're back. Did you miss us? You know you did. All right, so what I'm going to do today is what we're going to do is we're going to look at the news of the day, some of the news, but we're also going to look at the Bible. And if you're new to the show, I want to welcome you and I want to thank you for coming here to our YouTube channel or Facebook or Twitch, or if you're listening to our uh, podcast over on Anchor and all those other stations we're on, thank you for tuning into that as well. I want to let you know today what we're going to do is we're going to look at John chapter 10 because, you know, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. But actually, that's not what that says. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about the news after that. So if you're one of these people who likes to tune in just to hear all the news, just scroll through this for about 20 minutes or so, and then you'll get to the news part. Um... And I also want to tell you, uh, don't forget, go over to our brand new website, tarttug.org. Randall has that link down there on the bottom of the screen there. And there you can see the four different areas that we are emphasizing here on the show. We got Bible News Radio. We got our biblical uh, Bible reading accountability groups. We got our Bible studies, which we have one right after the show, and uh, biblical counseling or coaching, whatever you want to call it. Um, we look at these four things from a biblical worldview, a conservative Christian biblical worldview. There's my bias right there. It's conservative, um, just so you know. You've been warned. All right, so <laughs> I have to tell you, um, <clears throat> first thing I want to do is thank you. Thank all of you guys out there who have donated uh, to the show, to the ministry, we we have launched today with our brand new uh, audio equipment that um, that we needed. I mean, we really did need it. it was the stuff we were using was fifteen was fifteen years old. Randall just hooked up the new stuff, and it has some really cool effects in it. You know that you could hear. Like when I make a good joke, Randall can give me laughter. I think. Yeah, there he goes. If if I make a bad joke, he can give me. Some other sound. Right. Isn't that great? So we got these little sound effects that may make life easy or not. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> it, it replaces four pieces of equipment. And it just shows you that technology has advanced in 15 years. <laughs> just like we all have, right? All right. Anyway, so um, don't forget also go over to our website. Sign up for the for the email. And in the emails, you'll get emails from me telling you a little bit about news, telling you uh, what, you know, give you show recaps, Bible study updates, stuff like that. In fact, this week, one of the things that I discovered when I was reading in the book of Numbers, also known as calculations, that's an inside joke. Anyway, um, I I read about how Miriam died and... Miriam, it, it said that she died, but I was like, I noticed it didn't say how old she was. And I thought that was interesting because I thought, huh, how come it doesn't say how old she is? You know, it always talks about how old the men are when they die, but how come not the women, right? And so that, that raised a question in my mind as to, is there a woman in the Bible who died and it said how old she died? how old she was when she died? And the answer is yes, it was Sarah. Sarah died and she was 127 years old. It's the only woman in the Bible whose age was given at the point of death. And um, I don't know about you, but that says something. Think about who Sarah was and, you know, what how God has used Sarah throughout history um, and all of that. And I think that you can see that, that that is actually a special place of blessing and honor for her. Um, you know, even though we, we kind of joke about how ah, we should never tell our age. You know, some of us look great like me. I look great for my age. Yeah, I do. I mean, yes, I have naturally curly, beautiful hair that, you know, is graying. But just because I'm only 29. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
I'm almost 53, you know, um, anyway, some of us don't care if you know how old we are, but then there's lots of people who are like, you know what, I'm coloring my hair and, and I'm never going to tell you my real age. Nobody will know. It won't even be on my tombstone because I won't even put it there just cause anyway, if you're curious where that is, it's in Genesis 20, I think it is verse one. Uh, where 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 Sarah is revealed, her age is 127 when she dies. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. The other thing is we're going to talk a little bit about some news in this hour. Of course, next hour we will continue with the discussion. But I started the show talking about John chapter 10. <clears throat> the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Right? That's what we always hear. We hear this when we're under attack. We always say that's... That's it, because the devil said, the devil's coming to killing us, he's, he's stealing from us, and he wants to destroy us. And this is so true, he does. He wants to do all those things. The devil is the number one narcissist in the world, and, you know, he does this stuff. But the problem is, is that's not what that text says. The text does not say the, de- the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The text actually says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we're going to look at that text here in John chapter 10 um, in just a second here. I know Randall's going to bring it up here. Um, But I'm going to read it, and we're going to look at it. Um, Then we'll look at a couple of the verses. So always remember when you read the Word of God, you got to read it in its context, right? Um. And so I'm going to read the first couple of verses, and then we'll, hide, we'll look at John 10.10. 10. So it says here, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. Okay, so that's two different ways to enter, right? To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, also known as a parable, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those, thing, what those things were which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. And then it's, and then, and I think I'll, I think we'll end it there for now. Okay, so that, that's John 10, 1 to 18 in its context. And, um, so now let's look at this popular verse, John 10.10. 10. Randall already has it pulled up there on, the, on the, the board there. So what you're looking at, if you're on the video show, if you're on the audio, you, you can't see this, but you can go look it up on, on um, 
biblehub.com and then put in John 10.10 and then look at, click the Strong's number tab and then you'll be able to look at it. So what we're looking here is we're looking at the Strong's lexicon, the Greek, um, and we're looking at every word. If you look up here to the top where it says the, and then underneath it says article, nominative, masculine, singular, Strong's Greek, number 3588, the, the definite article including the feminine he and the neuter, to in all their inflections, the definite article, the. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Anyways, then it says the word thief underneath it. And that Strong's Greek number is 2812, but it means a thief or from klepto, as in like kleptomaniac, a stealer. Okay, so it doesn't say the devil. It says the thief in, in the Greek. So people misquote this all the time. Um, the thief comes only um, to steal, and that means to steal or to filch, and kill, which means to sacrifice by extension to emulate, to kill, in other words, and destroy, uh, which means to destroy fully, literally, or figuratively, um, and then God, Jesus says, I, the first person pronoun, a primary pronoun of the first person, have come that they may have life. And this life is both physical and spiritual. Um, and have it to, in, its all, in all its fullness, or some, some, some translations say abundantly. So it says superabundant or superior by implication, excessive, Adverbally, violently, neuter, preeminence. <laughs> I know, that sounds kind of geeky, doesn't it? But it, it, it is what it is. Um, so, I, so this is important. Because in the context of John 10, it's not, it doesn't refer to the devil. It refers to the thief. Now, who is the thief that he's talking about in this chapter? He's actually talking about Israel's leadership. Um, Israel's actual um, religious leadership in particular. Uh, today, we could carry that over to the false teachers of the world. Um, and why is this important? And why do I bring this up? I bring it up because we're living in perilous times right now. We are living in times that are not only perilous, but for the Christian believer, the real Christian believer, um, we now, at least here in America, because we're kind of catching up with the rest of the world, we now have an opportunity to decide if we're going to stand for Christ and everything that he claims that he wants his followers to stand for, or if we're going to compromise and, um, my phone's ringing, or if we're going to compromise, <laughs> I like how the phone rang during that, um, and basically bow to what the government's doing, right? So I'll give you, and so let's look at the, the, the verse here, chapter 10, verse 12. Um, did I already read this? I think I might have already read that. Didn't I already read this? Okay, I think I did. Wait, hold on. I wanted to make another point. Did I already read that, Randall? Uh, you read oh, all the verses. Oh yeah, no, no, no. You okay. read all the verses. Yeah, okay, but... yeah, no, I didn't. Okay, I was on the wrong tab. My yeah. bad. Okay, so let's look at the Greek here, though, because I know I want to make another point. So, okay, so understanding that this thief is is a false teacher, right? It's a it's a hireling. Um, that would be somebody today that would be paid to preach the gospel, but they really don't. They're just a hireling. They're there for the money. There's a lot of those out there, by the way. So the Greek here, if you look at the Greek, I'm scrolling back up here on my page. It says the hired hand, depending on your version, it might say hireling. I like that word better personally, but it says the hired hand, it means a hired servant or a hireling or, quote, a wage worker um, is not the shepherd, Okay, now think about this. The hired hand is not the shepherd. Your pastor, if you're going to a church, should be 
a shepherd. And what is a shepherd? How is the, the shepherd defined? Here, it's actually defined as uh, a shepherd, hence uh, of the feeder, a protector and ruler of a flock of men. Okay? So if you have a shepherd, that pastor of yours, he is a shepherd. He shepherds you. He, he protects you. That's the main role of a shepherd is to protect. Remember Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And it goes on, right? Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because you have the Lord as your shepherd. He is your protector. And then it goes on here. And then the sheep um, um, are not his own. When he sees the wolf, when who sees the wolf? When the hireling sees the wolf, that's what we're talking about here. And the wolf is, it says here, a wolf of perhaps a jackal, often applied to persons of wolfish proclivities. Um, you know, a wolf comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Yeah. When the hireling sees the wolf, what does he do? When he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep, all right? And the word abandon here literally means um, to send forth. He, he leaves. He's out of there. He abandons the sheep, and it says he runs away to flee, escape, shun. Um, so he vanishes. So if the sheep are under attack, the hireling bolts. They're gone. They're out of there. You know what? I ain't protecting those sheep. No way, Jose, because I am... A hireling. Um, the wolf, which again, it's the same word, pounces on them and scatters the flock. Why is this important? It's important because for years this passage has been misconstrued as the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And yes, the argument here is that the devil influences these hirelings, these false teachers, yes. But the context itself is actually Jesus warning his people, the Jews, the Israelites, uh, the Hebrews, whatever, however you want to call them. He's warning them about the false teachers that came before him the false teachers that are going to come after him. And this is why knowing God's word is so important and knowing it in its context is important because today you can go to any number of churches and know based on the fruit in that church if it's a hireling or a shepherd, right? And, and I believe, and I'll say this, I believe with all my heart that God has been judging and cleaning his church for the last decade at, le at least. It's, pro it's probably been longer, but in recent, in, the, in the, the recent few years that we've been living in here, we, I have seen ministry after ministry after ministry after ministry fall and crumble because these hirelings are being exposed as the abusers that they are, the predators that they are, Ravi Zacharias being one of the biggest, foremost ones. And that brings me to an article um, because Ravi, I really sincerely hope, repented before he died. Um, you know, that man is dead, but he is now, I mean, the ministry that's named after him is fighting now, right? Um, and, and Julie Royce, she posted this on her site. Um, and this is titled RZIM, so it's Rabbi Zacharias International Ministries. Donors fight to get records showing if their money financed abuse. Donors to Rabbi Zacharias International Ministries say their money financed Rabbi Zacharias' predatory sexual misconduct, and they're asking a Georgia court to force RZIM to turn over years of financial records to prove it. Uh, Ravi Zacharias, who died in 2020, was known worldwide as a Christian apologist. However, his pattern of abusive and predatory behavior, predatory, remember, we just saw it and seeing that in the word, since at least the mid-2000s came to light starting in 2017, a third-party investigation is reportedly underway examining how RZIM's culture, policies, and practices permitted Zacharias's misconduct to go on for so long. And I will say this. We know Ravi was not a pastor, right? He wasn't a pastor, but he held a very prominent position in the world of Christianity as a Christian apologist, a man who purported to defend the Christian faith and its tenets, and yet behind the scenes he's this predatory wolf 
preying literally on Christian women who, who would be considered a sheep, right? A Christian sheep, a Christian woman. Christian women. Um, so I'm not going to read the rest of this. I just want to bring this, though, to light because this stuff is going on. And I heard my friend this morning, um, and the reason I brought this up is because I heard my friend Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, who happens to be a head of a ministry called Past Assault Ministries, and he doesn't even know I'm talking about him. Probably I haven't talked to him in, in many years. But, but he made a point about something, and I just want to throw this out because, again, we're living in an age where um, – you got to think about this, right? And I say this a lot. I say this term a lot. You got to think, you got to ask yourself. You write that down. You got to ask <laughs> yourself. Maybe it's my therapy background. I don't know. But you have to ask yourself, why does fill in that blank happen? Why does the government now, why is the government in this, why has so many why have so many churches in the government taken money from the government with these with these loans that they've offered? Um, why have big churches that frankly didn't need the money accepted these loans from the government? Okay, now I'm not applying any nefarious you know reasons for it, but I'm going to ask that question. I'm going to say, okay, why does this church decide that they want millions of dollars from our government? What does that do to the leadership of that church if they've been given millions of dollars by our government, and then the government says to that pastor, you know, we went ahead and gave you some money, and now we want to make sure that you vaccinate every single person that goes to that church. What position does that put the pastor in? It puts them as a hireling. Because that money is, could be seen as a bribe. And what is a bribe? A bribe is given to somebody to make them do or entice them to do something that they otherwise might not do. You know, and it, it's funny, too, because I will tell you something. I know a Christian predator... They are in business. They preyed on a lot of us online. And I happen to know for a fact that they received money from the government for their business. And when I saw it on the website, because you can actually go to the, the website and you can look at who got money, who received money. And you got to ask, I asked, my first question was, why did they do it? knowing what financial situation they're in. I mean, they're well off. They don't need the money. But why did they decide to take almost $30,000 in, in loans from the government? What was the point? They don't need the money. And it's like, well, if you're that type of person, you're preying on other people to destroy them because you're a thief, because you're somebody that your, your money, your God is your money. Then it makes complete sense. I did. I looked up a couple of other my friends to see if they did, and they didn't. And I know these people too. And I know, I know that they're people of character. And and so I was very happy to see that. Now I'm not saying if you're somebody and you you're getting the loan from the government, if you're in business, that that you're a predator or you're a hireling. I'm just talking in particular about the churches. The church, in my opinion, should never take money from the government. Ever, because then you're controlled by the government. You're you're just you you're becoming like a you know three self church in China. In fact, it's interesting, and I don't have the article for this, Randall. But just kind of as an aside, there is a movement right now in the underground church. It's actually really above ground now. Church in in China, where they are making the church um, Chinese. In its, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, um, in its inheritance, if in, in its, um, um, instead of making it a Christian church, they're making it Chinese culture. I, it's, it's really a bad way of putting it. I know what I'm trying to say, and I'm probably not saying it right, but I know what I'm trying to say. Um, anyway, my point is, is that the persecuted church, though, in China has become more persecuted um, because there is that real body of believers who refuse 
to bow to the three self church movement there. And the question is, is it here now in America? I would argue it is. I would argue that the churches who are obeying the government, which is mandating violating your personal rights, right? Number one, by shutting us down a while back. And number two, by various places mandating and doing other things, we got to be very careful. And so we have to know if the shepherd we're under is a shepherd or a hireling. And the way you know that is by how they deal with money. But even more so, the way you know that is how they protect their sheep. My friend Dave, one of the things that he mentioned is um, with all of the, the, the mask mandates happening in the schools today, um, one of the things he noted was how few pastors are actually going to these school board meetings and defending the kids. And you got to ask yourself, why? How come a, a church pastor will not go to a school board meeting to stand up for the protection of children? Well, I don't know. It's a personal, private, parental issue. Really? It's a personal, private, parental issue, yes, but it's also a public issue as well because these kids are coming into your church. So if they're going to come into your church all sick and spread illness and stuff because they're being made sick by wearing filthy, snotty masks, where is that role, right? See, what's happened over the decades is that the church has been told, oh, you know what? You go over there, you have no voice in the public square whatsoever because you're a pastor and you should, you know, look, if I want to read my Bible, I'll go read it at the church. If I want to pray, I'm going to go pray in the church. (laughs) I'm sorry, where does that say that in the Bible to actually that's where the church is supposed to go? No, it doesn't. Actually, it says the exact opposite. It says go therefore out there. Go, go. You go out there and you make disciples. You're not supposed to stay in the church. You're supposed to be going out and making disciples and influencing the culture. Jesus never told us to stay inside the church building. In fact, the irony is, when you read the Gospel of Luke in particular, and I dare you to. Yeah, I do. I dare you to read the Gospel of Luke. (laughs) When you read the Gospel of Luke, you'll see Jesus battling the the demon-possessed people constantly in the synagogue right? Okay, so the synagogue was, you know, where the Jews worshipped. But today, where do Christians worship? They worship in the church. Uh, Do you think that there's demon-possessed people in the church? There are. There are people who are hirelings that are leading these churches, predators in the church, and there's people who are preying on well-meaning people who want to grow. And a lot of people aren't growing. How many churches do you know, raise your hand, that actually have a weekly or bi-weekly Bible study going on? Yeah, I know, crickets, huh? Not a lot. Just saying. I don't know if Bareface wanted to say something, but there he is. <sighs> uh, yeah, and if you look at the, the early church, um, <clears throat> you know, Jesus didn't talk about staying in the church because there wasn't a church building. There wasn't a church building. That's a good point. There wasn't a church building until the fall of, uh, well, when when the the Roman Empire became the Holy Roman Empire, you know, under Constantine and, and all these uh, pagan temples were, you know, when, when Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire, then the all these pagan temples were repurposed, you know, for yeah. for Christian gatherings. The the early churches you read you talk you read in the epistles, you know. Um, you know, the church in his house, the church in her house, they met from home to home and it talks about going from house to house, breaking bread. They were, they were out there in the community cause they were the community. Um, yeah, this, this idea of the sequestered, you know, you know, God's house, the, you know, the, the sanctuary is really, uh, you know, a, a post you know, Holy Roman Empire concept, just saying. Yeah, and you know, the interesting thing too is that I can tell you from where I've been sitting for a long time, which is on my butt, okay? That was, that should have been. (laughs) Uh, 
I'm sorry, I can't hear it, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, hey, got a lot of little levity here, people. Um, what, what I have, what I can tell you is that that people want to know the Word of God. They do. People want to know the Word of God, but the church isn't teaching the Word of God because you got hirelings leading these quote churches, which are nothing but clubs, really. Um, and that is why I want to invite you again to our, to my Bible study right now. Hey, I do three Bible studies a week. I have one. Well, one of them is every other week, but I got one in the morning at seven thirty a.m. Central Time. It's early. Uh, you can come to it. You just gotta let me know who you are. I'll let you in. I got one in the afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time. That's today after the show. And I got one on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. So I got one in the morning, afternoon, and night. You know, if you're serious and you want to get in a little Bible study, it's not a big Bible study. It's one hour, usually a little bit longer, but not for the most part. It's one hour. Um, and we get you just looking at God's word for a few minutes and doing that. Now, if you want something deeper and you want to be held more accountable, then we're doing Bible reading accountability too. That is paid. That is a paid group. I want serious people in that group, you know, so that's my, that, that meets in the morning. That's early. I know a lot of you are like, no, I don't want to get up that early. Well, sometimes it hurts to be accountable. Um, I didn't want to get up this morning, but I did. And I was with my friends this morning. Um, and then, of course, we have, you know, I'm also trying to get you guys, I'm trying to brainwash you into getting your, you know, memorizing word too, because, you know, I'm going to, I'm actually going to be doing a class on that, I think. Uh, you got, okay, and Rachel's got one going on Monday through Saturday. Oh, really good. Hey, your church is in the minority then. <laughs> um, unfortunately um it sounded like my dog just hit his head on the table wasn't his head oh fortunately good all right <laughs> all right let's talk a little bit more about um last night the election that happened in california Okay, if you're new to the show, you don't know. I grew up in California. I got my degrees in California. I went to two Christian colleges in California. I actually got saved in California. Can anything good come out of California? Yeah, me and Rachel <laughs> and Randall and my friends that still live there who I love and I feel bad for. Um, so yesterday, last night, you know, it was all over the Internet because I don't watch regular TV, that Gavin Newsom won the California recall election as Larry Elder conceded defeat. Um, I'm just going to read this. This is from the Epic Times. It says here, California Governor Gavin Newsom has defeated a recall bid seeking to oust him from office with his chief rival GOP candidate El Larry Elder conceding defeat. Elder told a crowd of supporters on September 14th that we may have lost the battle, but we're going to win the war, suggesting his first campaign may not be his last. Unofficial results of the 2021 gubernatorial recall election as of 2.55 a.m. on September 15th showed Newsom was likely to remain governor of California. This is where you can be playing those like boo hiss sounds, you know. Around 63.9% of people were counted as voting no in the election, according to the California Secretary of State's office, while 36.1% voted yes, with all precincts partially reporting. Newsom, of course, gave a victory speech. I'm not a crook. No, just kidding. <laughs> Wrong party there. Poor Nixon. You know, I mean, when you think about Richard Nixon compared to the crimes he did <laughs> compared to today. Uh, anyway, Newsom gave a victory speech Tuesday saying that while Californians voted no on the recall, they said yes to his administration's goals. <laughs> I can't read that with a straight face. Uh, we said yes to all those things that we hold dear as Californians, and I would argue as Americans, economic justice, social justice, racial justice, environmental justice, our values, Newsom said in his speech, all of those things were on the ballot this evening. Can I just tell you, as somebody who fled California almost, what, nine years ago, that Tennessee has so many Californians in it who've also fled. Californians are like 
abandoning California. They're leaving California in record record numbers. One of my friends from grad school just moved here. I had 20 people in my grad site class. Three of us live in Tennessee now. Three out of 20. What does that tell you? You know, that I know three people, two people, well, two other people, but, you know, conservative conservatives are leaving California in, in droves. I mean, it's it's crazy. But anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of this article either. But what I will tell you is that Newsom's jumping up and down. He's super happy. But the 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 question you got to ask yourself here is, um, if he had the lowest approval rating ever, then is it really feasible that he genuinely won that election with that and that it wasn't rigged somehow? Because I think it was rigged. And I say that because California is one of the most corrupt places on the planet, number one. And I remember in previous um, uh, elections, some of my friends who lived out in Newport Beach, they went to go vote during the presidential election. You know, the one that was stolen from Trump, that election. And they had already voted, even though they had never voted. In fact, they found ballots from their whole community that were mysteriously, amazingly put into trash bins and missing and other things. You have illegal aliens voting in California. At least when I lived there, and I don't know, Rachel, you can confirm if this is true or, true or not. Still, do you have to even show an ID when you vote in California? Because <laughs> I don't think we had to when I lived there. Did we? Uh, just just the opposite um i remember last time going uh going to uh an election in california 10 years ago it was and getting out my driver's license i was told to put that away very seriously put that away (laughs) we don't need to see that it's like we don't we don't want id here um i actually still own my california license you know you know we just we just want anybody to claim who they are, no proof of, you know, identity or residency. Um, yeah. Okay. So. so Rachel said, no, you don't have to show your ID here in Tennessee. You have to show your ID. And it has to have the same address on your ID. That's on record on your, on your voter registration. Right. And you actually sign in. I don't even know if you have to sign in to vote there, but what I will say, if you guys all seriously think Newsom won legitimately, <laughs> uh, I have some land in Colorado to sell you. <laughs> I'll take a hundred grand. No questions asked. Just give me the. Just call me up and, and, and give me the money. Oh gosh, uh, you know I. <laughs> well, the article did say that all precincts had partially reported. You know, all precincts partially reporting. Like what? 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 portion is partially you know 10 percent of results in i don't know i guess it really doesn't matter ultimately because um probably gonna win just like saddam hussein won every election in iran well next hour we're going to talk a little bit about daniel and, and how he stood up to the government um but before we leave this hour i want to read you an article because i don't know if you're you're <laughs> You're aware, but Bible stealing is on the rise. Did you know that? Did you know that people are just stealing Bibles? They're just stealing the Bible. Uh, There's an article here on myjournalcourier.com, which says, Thou shall not steal. Mugger attacks woman and swipes Bible. Listen to this. Police say a brazen, blaspheming mugger. You know, whoever wrote this clearly knows Bible language. A brazen blaspheming mugger attacked a 77-year-old woman and stole her Bible as she walked along a New York City sidewalk Sunday afternoon. Like, if I was that woman, I would definitely want to smack that guy. The unidentified thief was seen on surveillance video ripping away the woman's purse and Bible after punching her in the face and knocking her into a parking pay station around noon uh, Sunday in Astoria, Queens. Astoria. Police said, the sinful suspect 
I think the author of this article really tried too hard, who fled on foot, <laughs> was seen on surveillance <laughs> video wearing a Star Wars jacket, black cap, black face mask, and white-rimmed sunglasses. No arrests have been made. Uh, we, you know, pray for this lady. Hopefully she's okay. It says here, the woman suffered cuts on her hand. She was elevated, or rather evaluated by EMS, but declined further medical attention. Well, that's good. But she lost her Bible. This mugger took her Bible. This brazen blaspheming mugger. <laughs> the sinful suspect. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just have to laugh <laughs> At, I'm not laughing that she was attacked. I'm laughing at the article and how it was written because that's funny. Yeah, this, um, I can't think that fast. I was going to say about their funny. liking for alliteration. Right? Yeah. All right. So that was that, was that one. Rare reporter. I don't know. <laughs> All right. This next story. <sighs> Sheriff. Suspect charged with stealing Bible and mail during the church break-in. So, a Winston-Salem man has been arrested and charged with breaking into a church in Iredell County and stealing mail and a Bible. And you can see the Jerry Cruz, there he is. He's the criminal, the Bible stealer. Um, Iredell County Sheriff Darren Campbell announced the arrest of Jerry Lee Cruz, 65, in a news release Tuesday afternoon. On Monday, September 13th, ICSO deputies were dispatched to 1273 Old Mountain Road for a report of breaking and entering at Providence Methodist Church. When the responding deputies arrived, they found the church office door open. While searching the building for possible suspects, they saw numerous pieces of mail on the floor near the church office. While searching the surrounding area for a suspect, a deputy located Cruz, Campbell said. <clears throat> when asked why he was in the area, Cruz made statements about the church according to the news release. The deputy noticed mail and a Bible near the man, Campbell said. You know, this is the type of article where I think they had a certain word count they had to get to, so they would add, Campbell said. It's a, anyway, the reporting party was brought to the church and confirmed the items found near Cruz's Cruise belonged to the church, according to the news release. All mail and the Bible were returned to the church. Deputies arrested Cruz on scene and transported him to the Iredell County Detention Center where he was charged with felony breaking or entering a place of worship and felony larceny after breaking, breaking or entering. Cruz appeared before Magistrate Tuttero, who issued a $5,000 secured bond on these charges. That's pretty impressive, actually. 5000 bucks for breaking and entering and stealing mail and a Bible. By the way, he's in jail now, which means he can get a Bible for free. Because, you know, prison ministries often give Bibles to crim criminals. And, I mean, if he really wants a Bible, then, you know. By the way, if you really want a Bible, tell somebody. Somebody, most people will get you a Bible if you ask. Um, <clears throat> uh, yes. And speaking of the Bible, one last story concerning the Bible. This comes from Christianity Today, and this was reported a little while ago. Um, Marilyn Laszlo, who was a Bible translator who inspired missionaries to come by here, has died. The passionate storyteller spent nearly a quarter of a century developing written language and scripture for a Papua New Guinea village. Marilyn Laszlo always considered herself a Hoosier farm girl. The 88-year-old died last week just a few miles from her family's nine-acre property outside of Valles Perrieso, Indiana, but the news of her death was felt most deeply in a village on the other side of the world. A missionary and Bible translator known for her bold faith and powerful storytelling, Laszlo spent 24 years living in the Huana village in Poppy Papua, New Guinea. There, she formulated a written language and translated the Bible for the once unreached Sepik Iwam people starting by carving words into banana leaves. See, this is the stuff the church doesn't like get to hear about. I think this type of work is cool. I mean, I think this is some of the coolest stuff. It says here, when she passed away from Alzheimer's on September 9th, village leaders launched a five-day mourning ritual called a house cry in Laszlo's honor, covering themselves in mud, grieving, and planning 
commemorations for a woman who changed their community forever. Aw, isn't that great? I'm not going to read the rest because it's long, but you can go over to ChristianityToday.com and you can look that up. That is so, so cool. I think that um, she's now home to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. I love that. I love that this woman went to the mission field and spent her life translating the word of God so that people can do that. And may we never forget, as I end the show, may you never forget that the word of God you hold, people died to get into your hands, right? Death surrounds the word, right? It does. Church leaders don't want you to read the word of God. Those are hirelings. But God wants you to read the word of God because he loves you. That's why he wrote it for you. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's bizarre to think about what we really believe when you really just take it in and go, oh, so there was this God that created humanity, and they came up with this plan, and man fell, and then there was sin, and then he had to redeem plan. Then he sets aside this nation to call his own, who get persecuted all throughout history, and then he shows up unexpectedly as a baby, born of a woman who was sinless. He was sinless, not the, not the woman, but he grew up. He took on the religious folk of the day, a.k.a. hirelings, and then he died on a cross, a Passover lamb that he was, and then three days later, up from the grave, he arose. Yeah, he did. Don't ever forget that. A mighty victor over our foes, and I am showing my age. Yeah, I am. I love that song, though. Anyway. Um, and then one of my favorite things about Jesus after he rose from the dead is he hung out with two guys walking on the road to Emmaus and he decided to hang out and tell them all about himself from the Old Testament because the New Testament hadn't been written yet. And then he appeared in rooms and disappeared like, like that, freaking people out. And then after that, the world was changed upside down because the Holy Spirit he gave fell on these men and women, and they went out and they dispersed. And a couple thousand years later, here we are in 2021, declaring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that can save you from eternal damnation. The bottom line here is that what Christians believe turned the world upside down. All the good in the world is because of believers that the Lord anointed to do something special. Never forget that. That the world hates you. Yeah, he does. The devil hates you. He can't stand you. You're a scumbag to him. But Yeshua loves you. And he came to give you life abundantly. Now, that doesn't mean it was. It, it's easy, the life you're going to lead. But when the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy... Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly. And that abundant life, you know, that you live that out in the midst of persecution, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of grief, in the midst of pain and suffering. You know what? God will give you everything that you need to live for him and to be a great witness for him. So never forget that. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Pray for the unsaved. Because you know what? I think the Lord probably will return in my lifetime. I actually believe that. If I live another 20 or 30 years, um, I think we will see the rapture. I mean, that's me. I could be wrong. Lots of people are wrong. But I think that there's lots of stuff going on that kind of implies that. America, we're being judged. Pray for people in California especially because, you know, California is leading the nation in in evilness. Um and we got to pray for those who don't know him yet. You know, ask God to give you a tender heart for the lost um, and realize that he can turn the heart of a king anytime he decides to. Read about Nebuchadnezzar. All right. Next hour, we're going to look at Daniel a little bit, as well as Fauci. He actually is in the news again. Can you believe that? He basically said proof of vaccination or negative COVID test for domestic tribal within the U.S. is on the table for discussion. We'll play that video, as well as how Australia is admitting that it's trying to ban medication to help COVID that actually has been proven to help them. got to ask yourself, why? Why? That is the question of the hour. Why? 
Why are they doing this? What are they taking your eyes off of? Read Hebrews. Fix your eyes on Jesus. That's where you need to stay. It's a battle, but you got to do it. All right? All right, so with that said, remember, we are here. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, we are here to encourage you. Go over to our website, check it out, and if you feel led to donate to us, I'd love that too. That will help us to get the word out even more. So remember, Bible News Radio, we are here reaching the hearts of people one verse at a time. Be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. Thank you.